Good morning, everyone. I'm telling you, I trust that you have survived the fireworks and survived the late night if you stayed up. And here you are ready for what God has for us in 2017. I'm so excited because when the Lord shows me uh, what we're doing in the new year and the whole year, it's from mountaintop to mountaintop. Do you know that's how prophecy works? Prophecy is a prophet standing on one mountaintop, looking over and seeing the, uh, the next mountaintop. But there's a lot of life to be lived between the two mountain peaks where the valley is. So we've got a lot of, of lush green valley to, to traverse together this year. And we're going to do it and we're going to explore God every step of the way. And I believe God's going to build us up stronger layer by layer and with understanding and revelation. And we're going to take hold of His truths and meditate upon them. And as we meditate upon them, uh, that Word will become rooted in us and that Word will uh, begin to manifest the fruit that God has in that Word. So whatever you need from God, you get a Word on it. Whatever you need from God, you get a Word on it. And if you'll get that word on it, meditate on it, meditate on it. Let that thing become real to you. Let that thing become the very center of that which you're drawing on. And you will find that it will begin to germinate and begin to produce in and through your life. So it's not just a head knowledge passing through ear to ear of the word, but it gets down into our heart. It gets down into our spirit. It gets down into our inner man. Hallelujah. So I'm just, I'm excited. I'm telling you, God has greater things for us this year than we had last year. You say, well, last year was a good year. Well, let me tell you what, get ready. Get ready. It's going to be better. He's taking you from glory to glory. I can promise you that. And I want to encourage you that, that God always has a fresh revelation, not only for his corporate body, but he has a fresh revelation for you. Maybe you have not heard it or received it yet, and I pray maybe you will, even in the preaching of this word this morning, that you will hear what God is saying to you. He has a fresh revelation, a fresh rhema word. And a rhema word is an applied word to you personally that comes from the logos or the established word. So as I preach the logos, the established word, let the rhema, the applied word that, that fits your situation, that fits and speaks to you from God, uh, be, be uh, attached to you today. I pray that you will leave here with it because God always has a fresh revelation. Let me tell you what, God is not dead. God is, not, God is not some uh, uh, museum or antique or something of old. God is alive. God is, he is speaking. He is a speaking spirit. He is moving. He is ministering. He is present. He is here. And he wants you to discover him in a more intimate way this year than you ever have before. So as we move through this prophetic uh, vision and understanding of what God has for us here, I want you to also uh, uh, kind of fold into that, that, that God wants you not to lose the personal vision he has for you and how you fit in the overall vision of what he is doing. See, getting a word from God, uh, for, from God for you and your family is so powerful. I, I applaud you for being here this morning. And one thing I love about Christian embassy folks, you're not religious folks. I love that. Religious folks crucified Jesus. Religious folks let the Son of God come in their very presence and didn't even recognize the anointed one. Religious folks were so caught up in their politics of religion that they missed the God of life. Do you know? So I love you folks here at Christian Embassy. You're not religious folks. Isn't it good not to be religious folks? Praise the Lord. That we're here to be a relationship people. We're in relationship with one another. We're in relationship with God. And we're in relationship 
with the moving of His Holy Spirit. So getting a word from God for you and your family is so powerful. And I pray if you have not yet, you will before you leave here in the next few moments. Get a word from God for you and your family. Because a word from God can change your life. A word from God can propel you into God's purpose and destiny that He has for you. A word from God can encourage you in your times of trial. And believe you me, the enemy's going to make sure you're going to have some times of trial. He's going to test you to see whether or not you're going to stand under any pressure. You say, oh God, no, God is not tempting you. The devil is tempting you. And you've got to realize from the source it comes. But, but let me tell you what, greater is He who is where? In me than he who is where? in the world. So we got nothing to worry about. We got nothing to be shying back from. So we need to get a word from God. It will encourage us in our times of trial. And that word from God will keep us on track to fulfill the vision He has for us. I have several simple steps that I like to share on receiving a word from God. A lot of people say, well, I want to receive a word from God. I want to receive a word from God this morning. Well, here's some simple steps for receiving a word from God. First, Just pray and ask Father God to give you a word. Ask God for a word. Let me tell you what. If God wants to get His word to you and His word deposited in you so that His word can flow through you, let me tell you what. Do you think He's going to withhold if you ask Him for a word? You need to ask God for a word concerning His promise and His plans for your life. We need to just do that. Let's do it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. We thank you that we have access 24-7, even in the middle of a sermon. Thank God it's not a religious sermon, God, that we can just break right in and talk to you right in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Because this is your time. And Lord, we just want to take this time right now and ask you, God, for a a personal word that that you would even speak, Lord God, through the minister that you've chosen this day, Lord, or, or maybe by your Holy Spirit or even an angel, Lord, or a friend, Lord. But we want to receive a word from you for our family and for our personal lives today, God. Please give it to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you've already prayed. Let me tell you what. John 10, 4, the Bible says, My sheep know my voice. They hear my voice and they know my voice. So you're just going ahead and prepare yourself right now that God's going to speak to you. He's going to answer that prayer. God is not a God to withhold His Word from you. He's going to give you His Word. It may come through a scripture. It may come through this sermon. It may come through an idea. It may come through a dream. It may come through a song. But however He wants to speak it to you, you're open to hear what God would say. And you're going to hear His voice and not listen to the voice of the enemy because he's going to try to get you off track. Second thing we do is we study the word that you receive for further insight about it. Now, I prayed and God's given me a word for our church and for all of us as we're going into 2017. And let me tell you what, we're going to hear about this throughout this year because I'm going to study this word and I'm going to see what God has in the details of it throughout the year. I can't give you a whole year of a sermon this morning. I've tried before and and you guys just didn't hang in there long enough. So, So we won't do that this morning. And uh, so we're going to be studying the word. And that's what you do. Whatever word God gives you, study that word. And then number three, I put be ever mindful and committed to the fact that the rhema word that you receive from God is 100%. Say 100%. It is 100% subject to the Logos. Now what does that mean? That means that the applied word or what you think God is saying to you has to line up with the Bible. 
God will never tell you anything that contradicts the Bible. He will never tell you anything that changes the Word of God, the Logos, the written, established Word. So you've got to dig into the Word. This is a year of taking what God is saying to you and getting into the Word and finding Scriptures that back that up so that you get an understanding and make sure it lines up with what God is saying. Isn't that pretty simple? Just three very, very simple things you can do right there and you can receive a Word from God for you and your family for this year. Now, what do you do when you get a word? Because I'm telling you, you need to be prepared to get the word because when you ask God to give you a word, he's going to give you a word because he's a speaking spirit. He's always speaking. It's fresh revelation in Jesus at all times. You don't have to wake God up. You don't have to find him in vacation off on vacation somewhere. He's right here ever present. There's no shadow of turning with him. So you know you're going to receive a word. So what do you do when he gives you a word? Well, the first thing I like to encourage you to do is write it down. When you get a word, write it down. Because the enemy, if you remember the parable Jesus told, the enemy immediately sends birds of the air to do what? Steal the seed, and he said the seed was what? The Word of God. So the enemy is there perched, ready to steal the Word before it roots into your life. So we need to write it down, so we hold on to it. You say, well, I'm so smart, I'll never forget it. Okay, what's your aunt's name on your mother's side? The one that went crazy and... No, okay, we'll leave that alone. Write it down. Oh, you, you called her name. <laughs> Second thing, as I encourage you to do, is share it with other believers. Share it so it can bear witness with the Spirit of God in others. They may be able to bounce things. As you bounce it off of them, they may be able to share things with you about it. Don't share it with unbelievers because in the beginning, they're going to try and rob it from you. They'll say, God didn't tell you that. That's not from the Lord. And uh, you want to share it with believers. And then the third thing is keep it in front of you throughout the year. Don't just let this be a, a January 1 New Year's resolution that you started and then by January 15th you don't even know, remember what the resolution was or you don't want to talk about it. We want to keep what God is saying to us in front of us throughout the year and, uh, so that we're kept on track. It keeps us on track. And that way we do number four, which is we review the Word throughout the year to make sure that we can measure it, that we are in the Word. Because the enemy is going to do everything to get you out of that word. He's going to try to keep you, uh, he's going to try to get you to uh, have your fruit fall from the tree prematures that happen in the scriptures. And, and the times the enemy would come in and try to cause uh, the, the, the calf to be born early, premature and die. The enemy will do anything he can to get you to abort or, or lose what God has given to you. So you keep reviewing the word and measure it, measure it. And, and if it takes some more prayer, pray. If you're getting off track, I mean you repent. If you're getting off track and you see you've made some mistakes, repent and get back on track through Throughout the year so that this time next year you can be rejoicing in the fact that that, has, that which God has started in you, he has completed it as well. He's been faithful to complete it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So these are some very practical things that will help you as we are on this first <clears throat> day of the new year, of this first Sunday, first day of the week, of the first day of the new year. This is a first fruit, first fruit multiplied. And the Bible says the first fruit belongs to the Lord. And when we honor him with our first fruit, he takes and blesses the rest. So let me tell you right now, your, your August the 13th, your September the 9th, your November the 11th, your May the 5th, all those days and every day in between, all those days are already blessed. They're sanctified. Do you hear me? Why? Because you're here on the first day 
of the first day of the week and the first day of the first day of the year. So not only is your week going to be sanctified and blessed, your whole year is. God said, if you'll honor me with the first fruit, I'll take and bless and sanctify the rest. Hallelujah. So aren't you excited? Amen. That we've got an exciting year ahead of us. You say, well, I was worried about getting sick this year. The devil is a liar. I was worried about losing from finances this year. The devil is a liar. You go ahead and hold on to the promise of God that the first fruit belongs to the Lord. And if you'll honor the Lord with the first fruit, that's why we bring the tithe and the offerings in on the first day of the week, every week, so that we can see the blessings of God. Let me tell you what. God is a God of the first fruit. And He said He will bless the rest if we honor Him with it. So you hold on to that. Don't you let the devil steal that from you. You go ahead and write that one down for you. That God has already blessed and sanctified every day of this year for me as I have honored Him with the first fruit of the first day of this week of the the first day of this year in honoring and glorifying him. And if you've been sitting back as a spectator and you hadn't honored and glorified him, I encourage you before you leave here that you lift up your voice and lift up your hands and lift up your heart and lift up your countenance and you ascribe glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to God on this day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I've been praying for uh, God's heart for Christian embassy as I do every day. But going into this new year, I was just praying and I said, God, uh, if there's anything that you want to show me, I want to see it. Help me see it. And God gave me a vision. And in this vision, it was so crystal clear. And I've tried to capture some pictures to help you maybe see what I saw, but it was bigger and better and deeper and grander than anything I could show you. But I'm just going to try and make, make uh, an effort to do so. But in praying about this vision, God gave me a vision of a vast vineyard. And this vineyard went for acres and acres and miles and round hills. And you could not even see the end of this vineyard. And as I was looking at this vineyard, I said, Lord, this is absolutely amazing and absolutely beautiful. And he says, this is the year. This is your year at Christian Embassy. And then he showed me there were four different sections of this vineyard. There was the first section he took me to. I could see seeds that were being planted in small little trays in a greenhouse. And as those little tiny seeds were going in those little tiny trays in this greenhouse, the Lord says, you've got to remember what you just saw with the vast vineyard began with a seed, the giving of the seed. He says, you cannot forget to continue to sow into my kingdom, sow into my work. And I said, Lord, is this finances? And he says, yes and and I said, yes, and what? He said, yes, and time. Yes, and treasures. Yes, and talents. We are to sow our services. We are to sow our, the word that we speak. We are to sow the things that we do. We are to sow the acts of kindness. We are to sow the blessings of the Lord. We are to sow encouraging words. We are to sow into His kingdom. He says, this is how the vineyard came about, and this is how the vineyard will continue throughout the year. If you stop the greenhouse section, He says, you will eventually lose the vineyard altogether. And I said, yes, Lord. And then he showed me a second section. And in this second section, these little seeds had sprouted. And there were little grapevines beginning to grow there. And they were, and we, they were out there taking... I was on a balcony looking over at this. And, and they were taking these little plants and they were transplanting them and planting them in some soil that had been <clears throat> uh, nurtured and, 
made ready to receive them. And they were just little tiny things, and they were so tender, and there was so much nurture and so much care and so much tenderness given to this. And the Lord said, this is how my kingdom works. That as you work in my kingdom and you sow in my kingdom and growth comes into my kingdom, that you have to watch over it. You can't let the devil come in and steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's going to try to bring sickness in your body. The devil's going to try to bring loss of finances and loss of relationships and loss of encouragement in your life. But you've got to see, wait a minute, I can't just sit back and be a victim here. I'm, I am over this vineyard, and I am to nurture, and I am to protect, and I am to care for, and I am to fertilize this, and you take care of it. Then there was a third section. In this section, here, uh, there was these older uh, root bombs, is what I call them, or uh, root balls that were brought in. And these were older plants, plants that were brought in from somewhere else. There were no tags on them telling me where they came from because the Lord said it doesn't matter where they came from. He said what matters is what you're going to do with them. So the Lord is opening the doors of Christian embassy and, and the, I see ministries are going to be brought in. There's churches out there that are struggling that are going to come under the network of Christian embassy. They're going to come here for encouragement. They're going to come here for some nurture. They're going to come here for some food. They're going to come here for some direction. And, and we're opening our doors for that, Lord. And I said, Lord, what tags? He said, the tag doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what their denomination history was. It doesn't matter. What matters is they were suffering and that ministry or that vine was going to die. He said, but I'm going to bring them to the folks of Christian Embassy. I'm going to bring them into this house, and they're going to be a network. So I'm telling you, we're going to, I don't know exactly how that's going to unfold. Uh, I remember years ago, God gave us a heart for imparting life conferences where we would bring struggling ministers in who are struggling in ministry, and they're having hardship in their marriage and hardship in their congregations, and, and it's like they were maybe too small, and, and it's like they were fearful, and they couldn't go, and we brought them in and we ministered to them for days and we sent them out and some of them today are bishops and some of them today are pastoring uh, their churches turned around and great things. I don't know if that's exactly what it is the Lord said. He said, I'll give you the details. Remember, we're not, we're not going to have 365 days of sermon here in details this morning. But I know there are root balls that are coming in and, and whatever their tag is, whatever uh, their background is, that is not our concern, the Lord said. That we're not to say, ah, well, you were such and such denomination. That's your problem. No, now the, 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 the issue is they have come here and we're going to love on them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to teach them the Word of God. We're going to help them find new direction. And we're going to help those congregations turn around and those churches become thriving churches in the communities that they are in in a network of churches that we as a church give nurture and insight and covering and, and support of. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And then I saw a fourth section in in this fourth section, there were these established plants. And uh, they had been there planted, but uh, they had very small grapes on it. And there was, they were mature, but there just wasn't a bountiful harvest. The grapes were very small, and, and, and there was something missing. And, and I remember as I was looking at this, I, I, I said, Lord, what is going on here? That, that, that this vineyard that has such potential, it, the potential is not being met. It's what I kept hearing. The potential is not being met. The potential is there. The potential, the energy, the, the everything that I have 
have in the DNA of this, this creation is yet to be produced. So I, I began to ask God, why are they so small then? Why? And I heard a clarion call. It was the sound of a shofar. And, and, and let me tell you what, as that shofar began to sound out, and, and he says, it was a call out that the owner of the vineyard is coming for a visit or an inspection. So this is a year where the, the, Jesus is coming to inspect. He has come, there's going to be a, he's here, but there's an inspection that he's coming to look at. And anytime there's an inspection, I don't know if you've ever had inspections in your home or in your dorms or, or you've had inspections in your business or in the military, you had inspection in the barracks. Uh, you, you went the extra mile to get everything in order. Everything you were trained to do, you, were, you put it in order. Well, I believe the Lord was saying that's what we're to do, that we're to have the alertness of an inspection, a pending inspection. So this, he's coming to inspect, and, and he wants to give reward. He wants to give reward for that which he finds. So I heard this, this voice of, of angels repeating Jesus' words from Luke 19 and 13 saying, Occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. And I just kept hearing, Occupy until I come. Well, well, I wanted, you know me, I wanted to go and see what if Jesus spoke this and it's in the Greek, uh, his original language that he gave it to us, and I want to go see what he's saying in the Greek. And the word there, pragmateomai, means to carry on the business that I've called you to. Carry on the business. It's not to sit in a chair and hold the space. It means to carry on the business that I put your hand to. And then I could see in this vision uh, us workers getting busy in the vineyard. So I believe that's what's going to take place when we leave here today. We're, we're to go out. We've heard the clarion call. We're going to get busy in the vineyard. We're going to be planting new seeds. We're going to be nurturing. We're going to be diligently fighting off pests and disease and 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 and, and varmints that would come in. We're going to be draping nets over the vineyard to keep the bird, they had bird nets they drape over to keep the birds from coming in and stealing the fruit. We're going to have to spray when there's mold and mildew and, and things that are coming in to destroy. We're going to fight that off and fertilizing it and nurturing it and pruning off excessive foliage to, to give uh, 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 access for the sun to touch the grapes, to mature them and cause them to, to be uh, all that they're called to be and the pruning that's necessary to take off excessive buds and things that would, would distract and take away from a greater harvest. we got a lot to do this year. And I could see us workers, we were driving rods into the ground and we were, had a, a measuring stick, but it wasn't like a level that we're not used to. It was a plumb line. And I thought of Amos, said, what do you see in my hand? God said, what do you see? He said, I see a plumb line. They were to build it by the Word of God. It's to be perpendicular. It's supposed to be perfectly vertical uh, there. And we're driving these poles and we're running these wires. And as we're running these wires, everything is the structure on which the harvest is going to come. And that's why the Lord was showing me that, that we're putting in place that this past year was a putting in place. I tell you, here, how, you think it's a coincidental that today, this last week, the close of this last week, of the last week of the year, we got our certificate of occupancy for this whole facility. It now is 100%... Ours, hallelujah. It's all ours. And now we are to go about doing the business. And, and here they were tying the, the, driving those rods and 
pulling those wires. And then they were tying these grapevines. This was the thing he showed me. It was like I had binoculars that went into from that balcony into where they were standing there tying these uh, branches to the, the, the wires there. I think I have a picture. Yeah, that picture there. Uh, that's kind of what I saw. But they were transparent and they were uh, expandable uh, zip ties. So it wasn't a zip tie that locked in and you couldn't ever change it. You had to cut it off. It was expandable because what we were doing was going to expand. What we were touching was going to get larger. So it needed to be expandable. It needed to be transparent because it wasn't about the tie. It wasn't about, it wasn't about that of uh, being tied to it uh, that, was, that, that we were to focus on. And I said, what does that mean, Lord? And he says, my people have a tendency to take uh, 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 commands that I give and add extra stuff to it and uh, to try and keep them in the way until they're, they're trained or disciplined in that way. But then they worship the things they did to help tie them to it rather than the structure that they're built on. And he said these are to be expandable so that they can even be taken off one day. Because as they would take these little vines, they would take them off of the dirt. God said, I'm lifting you up this year. That's He's speaking to you right now. I'm lifting you up out of the dirt this year. And I'm tying you up on structure. And I'm going to help you grow and get disciplined and established on the higher way of living. You're going to have a higher lifestyle. I hear the Lord say, you have a higher lifestyle. You're not going to be a vict victim you're going to be a victor. You're not going to be under. You're going to be over. You're not going to be the tail. You're going to be the head. He says, I'm lifting you up. I'm lifting you up so that you can, you can reach up to the sun. As the grapevine would reach to the S-U-N, you're going to be reaching to the S-O-N. You're going to be lifting him up. And he says, I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to train you how to get... To, you can't produce the fruit. You can't have the life that I've created for you on the ground, in the dirt. He says, there's an eagle anointing is lifting you up. You're not a chicken to be scratching around. You're an eagle. And He's going to renew your youth like an eagle. He's going to renew your vision like an eagle. He's going to renew your speed like an eagle. He's going to renew your strength like an eagle. Let me tell you what. Young men in their strength become weary. And young men absolutely faint, the Bible says. But they that wait upon the Lord. And that word wait is not sitting in a waiting room. That is mean I am tied to. I'm leaning on the structure of God. I'm leaning on the Word of God. I'm leaning on the anointing of God. I'm leaning on what God told me for 2017. He said, they that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength as an eagle. They will mount up with wings as an eagle. And I'm telling you, you can then run and not grow weary and you can walk and not faint. Hallelujah. You're going to see this vision fulfilled. You're going to see the fruit of God matured in your life. So they're driving these stakes into the ground and pulling these wires and, and tying temporarily tying these vines to that, those wires, that structure, just temporarily until it takes and begins to wrap itself and hold on to the wire on its own. In other words, you may have a weak place in your life. The power of God's going to come alongside your weakness and hold you up, but it's not going to prop you up for the rest of your life. It's not mama going to take care of you until you're 90 years old. It's not daddy going to take care of you until you're 110 years old. He says, I want you to get strong. I want you to produce. I want you to make a, a big difference. So, we, so the discipline is going to be that we tie ourselves, not being uh, uh, artificially tied, but we're going to tie ourselves to the structure of God. Hallelujah. 
So we're busy in ourselves with all this prep work, and we, but we're still, we're just in this vision, I was still just seeing these little small grapes. I'm seeing all this stuff happening, but there's, and I said, Lord, what are we missing? What are we missing? Lord, I know you're a God of a great harvest. You're a God that wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Lord, I know you want to do greater things. So what are we missing here? And he says, what you need now is you need an open heaven. You need an open heaven. Because the rains were not falling. All that work was being done. And little water pots was keeping everything just a little alive. But what we need is we needed a downpour from heaven. So this is the year of open heavens. I'm here to tell you. The Lord says, I'm opening the heaven to those who will call out to me. For those that will reach up. See, we're going to see the miracle manifest of heaven on earth like never before. I think Pastor Radika was talking earlier. She's stealing my words because she's touched, tagged into the Holy Ghost. And she was saying unprecedented miracles. Yes, it's going to be a year of unprecedented miracles. Don't you measure what God's going to do this year by what you've experienced in the past. Don't you put a lid on what God and what you expect God to do this year by what you've experienced Him do in the past. He said this is a year of open heavens. This is a year of unprecedented miracles. This is where I want you to see the miracle manifest of heaven on earth. Just like I taught you to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, things that we have prayed for, the things that we have called out for, the things that we have yearned for, you're going to see them come from this open heaven. I'm here to encourage you uncommon miracles, remarkable miracles, extraordinary miracles, uh, unheard of miracles. Do you hear what I'm saying? And God's going to get all the glory and God's going to get all the honor and God's going to get all the praise for it. So I said, God, how are we going to see these open heavens? What is there anything we need to do? Or, or, or let's just stay busy like we've been and that's going to be it? He said, no. I sensed in my spirit, I heard him say, during this year of 5777, that's the Hebrew calendar. If you remember October 2nd at sundown, we came into uh, the Hebrew uh, calendar of God uh, into the new year. He says, in this year, 5777, which now we've, in our Gregorian calendar, just stepped into 2017. He said, this is the year where you, you, you must be bold and, and you must dial out on my hotline. I said, dial out on your hotline? Did you know God has a hotline? You know, we got, what, what's the hotline? We had 911, you call 911 and, and you can get someone, what's your emergency? You can call 811, where are you digging? And they want to come market. But God's got a hotline. Do you know what his hotline number is? It's Jeremiah 33.3. That's his hotline. He says, call to me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So what we got to do is we got to call to Him. How do we open the heavens? We got to call to Him. We got to call forth these open heavens. We got to have faith. We got to have words of faith. Hallelujah. That move us from the law of sin and death under the law of the abundant life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. By the power of our words. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. So we got to call Jeremiah 33 3. We got to call out to God. God said, Call unto me. I'll answer. You're not going to get a busy tone. You're not going to get a ring, ring, ring and no answer. I will answer you. And when I answer you, I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's those unprecedented miracles. There's those uncommon miracles. There's those the supernatural uh, 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 unheard of miracles that we, we're just going to just get, be in amazement because He's going to show us things that we do not know. He's going to let us experience a new level in Him. Hallelujah. So, so we got to call out to Him. And I said, yes, Lord, I'm ready. 
And then he took me to 1 Kings 18. Wow, this vision, I was just, it seemed like it was just moments, but it just, it just, it had so much depth in it. And he took me to 1 Kings 18. And when I got to 1 Kings 18, it says, here's how Elijah got the heavens to open. And he says, I want you to study this this year. So we're going to be studying this. We're going to be studying vineyards this year like never before. I, I even hear us getting buses out here and doing field trips to vineyards. Taking, taking, what are the field trips? Is that what the kids do? Yeah, yeah we're going to be taking field trips. Not on Sunday morning. You're going to be here with me on Sunday morning. <laughs> we're going to be signing up. And we're going to have uh, vine dressers and those that, that do this show us all of this stuff. And you say, well, pastor, with vineyards comes wine. Are you going to be promoting wine this year? I sure am. I'll like wine like never before. But before you get too happy, let me tell you what I mean. Okay. Galatians 5 tells us, I think verse 17 or 18, do not be drunk with wine, which causes much trouble, one translation says, but be drunk with the Holy Ghost. Be drunk with the Spirit of God. Now, now that word drunk means come under the influence. Come under the influence. You go to a bar and spirits or spirits and food, they got the little S because they're telling you right up front, this thing brings you under the influence of spirits. You drop your control and give, you give control. Your control comes under the influence of these little S spirits. And those little S spirits, they are nasty. They're, de they're demons is what they are. He says, but don't be drunk with the wine, which brings much trouble, but be drunk in the Holy Ghost. So I'll come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So just like someone drinking and getting, they, maybe they got a little funny in them, but they're shy. They get to drinking and they come under the influence and next thing you know, they're really funny. But then they get gross funny because those spirits always want to bring shame rather than glory. Okay. Uh, somebody got a little fight in them. Maybe they're a little shy and they hold it back. But they come under the influence of those little less spirits. Next thing you know, they're ready to fight everybody. Everybody, they get drunk, they're ready to fight. They get on Facebook and they say some of the nastiest things that you could imagine. And you're like, oh, they're drunk. They're under the influence. They're under the influence. Well, in the same way, we need to come under the influence of the Spirit. It's our vineyards and, and the wine that we're going to drink. is. We've got communion this morning. This is, uh, this is the first miracle Jesus ever did, turning water into wine. He wanted us to really get this coming under the influence of the Spirit of God. That we begin to operate in the supernatural because we're no longer just doing it with our own effort. We are under the influence of the big-ass Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is now flowing in us and flowing flowing through us to do great and mighty things. Hallelujah. So we're going to have field trips, and when they're talking about wine and, 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 and all the, how wine is made and all this stuff, it says, okay, I, I heard one, one uh, guy in Israel, he was uh, taking uh, some through uh, some study of the vineyard there, and he says uh, he gave them something to drink, and they drank it, and they said, oh, that's the best grape juice I've ever tasted in my life. He said, that's fresh squeeze. He said, that's fresh. That is brand new. He said, but I have, and we have reached out to every vineyard and every person that studies this that I know on planet Earth to find out how that we can preserve it in that fresh state and it 48 hours is the max 48 hours is the max he said then it gets to a place where it has to be processed where something has to die in order for something to continue 
And when he said that, I'm like, whoa, Jesus Christ died so that we could rise up and continue. Hallelujah. So that under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he was Jesus the Christ, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now we are the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, so how did he know that? He said, because my church is coming under the influence of the big ass spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we have unlimited power. We have unlimited resource. We have unlimited, it is ours. It is ours. God in us. God flowing through us to His glory and to His honor. Praise God. So then I just, I'm just telling you, we, we got to study this thing out. There's so much that He's going to show us this year. But He took me to 1 Kings 18 and He said, I want you to see how Elijah, He said this was before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is my Holy Spirit on Him. He said, just think what you can do with my Holy Spirit in you. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Isn't that great to know that the Holy Spirit is not on us only, but now He is in us. He abides in us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So He said, this here is small. This is minuscule. This is just a type and a shadow of what I wanted to do in the New Testament, the church that I would build. Who is you? He said, but go back and study it. You can learn something from it. So I ran back to 1 Kings and got into the 18th chapter and there it goes, opens up in verse 1. What's happening is there's been a three and a half year drought and it says it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What came? The Word. What are we receiving today? The Word. Hallelujah. What are we going into this new year? To walk out the Word. He received the Word of the Lord in the third year of the drought. It was the third year of a drought. The heavens were closed. That's what a drought is. The heavens are closed. There was no rain coming down. And here's what God said to Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab. Now Ahab is the opposing authority. He said, you've got to go confront the opposing authority and then I will send rain on the earth. He said, to open the heavens, you've got to, you've got to. He says, I put you as a representative of me on earth and you've got to stand your ground. You've got to stand up to that which is trying to hold back and cause problems in your life. Just like Moses, what did he say? Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. God could have told Pharaoh on his own. God could have easily struck Pharaoh with death and, and Pharaoh uh, uh, would have been out and Moses could have become the Pharaoh and let them go. But let me tell you what, God says, I want a representative, covenant representative on earth to do for me. Somebody who will step up in faith. He said, oh, that's just it. That's like God's uh, entertainment. When we watch something and it entertains us and we get so much pleasure from it, that's God's entertainment is to see us stand up in faith, exercise our faith, and watch the devil run like a scared dog and the manifest of heaven come on earth. God loves that. He just loves it. He says, without faith, there's no pleasure to me. Without faith, there you can't please God. So God told Moses, and Moses had faith to do it, and you see what happened. And now Elijah has faith, and he's stepping up, and he's got to stand up to this opposing authority. So the way you open a closed heaven, number one, is you've got to stand up and confront the opposing authority uh, to what God is saying. You've got to stand up and you've got to uh, confront the opposing authority to what God is saying. And uh, so you can't, you can't sit back. You can't uh, uh, just say, I wish God would do something in this situation. God says, I've done everything I'm going to do. Now it's time for you to step up so that it, oh, heavens can open and then they can fall. He said, the heavens are full. The heavens are full. The miracles are full. The blessings are full. The favor is full. He said, the heavens, the clouds are full. He said, all you need is to open the heavens and have it come and manifest.
best here on earth. I'm here to tell you in Ephesians 6 and 12, he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So us confronting this authority that is trying to hold back the blessing of God, the authority that is trying to hold back your healing, the authority that is trying to hold back your finances, the authority that's trying to mess up your relationship, the authority that's trying to mess up your mind and mess up your life. Let me tell you what. We've got to realize it's not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood, but it's principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Where? In heavenly places. They're between you and God's heaven and they're blocking the, the flow. They're blocking the open heaven. They're blocking what God wants to come to you and you've got to wrestle against it, but not flesh and blood. You've got to come against these authorities. Somebody's getting a little boldness in them right now and saying, devil, you've been stealing too long. Devil, you've been destroying too long. Devil, you've been killing too long. I'm not going to be the victim anymore, but I'm going to rise up as a man or a woman of authority, and I'm going to bring the wrestle on. Hallelujah. I'm going to confront the authority in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you say, well, how do I do that? Well, he tells you right there in Ephesians 6 and verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. you got to put on the full armor of God. We've got to put on the full armor of God. I think sometimes we've got this picture that the armor of God, the scriptures in Ephesians, was for us only to be like a, a monument, all dressed up in our, in our uniform and our armor, and we just stand there, just stand there. That's not what that word stand means. It doesn't mean to be idle. It means to take a stand. It means to stand up to the walls of the... To stand up to the lies of the devil. To be Elijah and come to Ahab and say, Enough is enough. Enough is enough. So stand having your, your waist girded with truth and having your breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one and taking on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. The Word of God. So we're to take the Word. And did you know what? Look at that right there where it says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. Do you know why that word, word, is not capitalized? Because it's not logos. It's rhema. So the sword that you're fighting with is the word that God has given you. Just like the word God has given us this year, we're going to take that word and we're going to fight. And when we see drought, we're going to say, no, we're not accepting drought. We're speaking to the heavens. We're bringing abundance. The vineyards are going to mature. The, the, the clusters of grape are going to be huge. They're going to be large. They're going to be bountiful because we're not going to step back and just take what we get. We're going to confront the opposing authorities with the rhema word that God has given us. So if God has given you a word by His stripes I am healed, don't you ever, don't you ever sit down and give in to, you say, but it's been a battle. I understand the devil don't want to back down. But let me tell you what, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And if you'll just keep fighting, you're going to find that one day you're going to get the right stand with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is by his stripes I was healed. And you're going to be able to get the victory and the manifest of that in your body. Hallelujah. <clears throat> that's why in verse 19 Paul says he says, uh, uh, he says pray for me that I may open my mouth boldly I'm confronting the authority that's holding this back that I open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel 
We are, we are to open our mouth boldly and declare the Word of God and come against the principalities and the powers of darkness and wickedness in high places and, and, and so that we can see made known here on earth the mystery of the good news, that the good news of salvation and the good news of healing and the good news of prosperity and the good news of favor and the good news of joy and the good news of peace and the good news of God's presence can be made known not only in our lives but in the lives of those around us. We need, we need to pray for each other that we may boldly speak the Word of God. This, this here is a clashing of swords. It's the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's a clashing of swords. Uh, the Word of God, the Word of God against the, the Word that Satan is trying to speak over us. Oh, you can't let what God, uh, Satan is saying over you take root in maturation. You resist that. You rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You take the sword of the Spirit. That's not what God told me. The Word God gave me that is that this vineyard is going to produce mature, bountiful blessings of, unto the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Challenge anything and everything that is exercising authority over you that does not line up with the Word of God. Anything and everything. How could I better say that? Challenge anything and everything. Maybe I can get a better download over here. Challenge anything and everything. Anything and everything that exercises authority over you that does not line up with the Word of God, it's got to go. It's got to come down. It's got to go. In Jesus' name. you got to take the sword of the Spirit which is the rhema word of God. I know we know this is the sword because this is the logos upon which the rhema comes forth to us. But God says, don't take a scripture that you've just memorized. By stripes I'm healed. By stripes I'm healed. By stripes I'm healed. That's logos. By stripes I'm healed. Rhema is by his stripes I was healed. He did this for me. It's mine. I'm not feeling it. I don't feel the healing, but it's mine. I don't see the healing, but it's mine. And I'm going to believe what God has done for me and God is saying to me over what I see, so what I see has got to go so I can receive what God has said. So you take the, the, the clashing of the sword of the Spirit and you put your foot down. Stand. you got to make a stand. And you've got your breastplate of righteousness. You've got your belt of truth. You've got your feet shod with the preparation of God's will. You've got your helmet of salvation. You've got, your, you got your, 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 your shield of faith that can quench every fiery dart of the enemy. But you've got to take that sword of the Spirit, that rhema word of God, and you've got you to make a stand. Hallelujah. Hmm. Our time is definitely getting away from us. But let me just kind of touch one more point here. Long story short, verse 17. We'll get more into this as we unfold it this year. Finally, Ahab, Elijah goes to see Ahab and he finally gets his presence. Ahab the king, Elijah the prophet. And the first thing Ahab said when he saw Elijah in verse 17, he says, O troubler of Israel. The enemy always lies. That's all he can do. He accuses the man of God for causing the drought. Now the devil will accuse you. Your sickness is your fault. Your financial struggle is your fault. 
Your loss of peace is your fault. Your wayward kids is your fault. The pain you have in your heart is your fault. The enemy will always do it. You have to know that. Because if you don't know that, he'll say it with such authority, you think God is condemning you. And when you come under condemnation, you're, you're like surrendered to that voice. But Jesus came not only to save the world, that the world through him might also not be condemned. So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the condemnation of the lie the enemy is speaking, you've got to recognize that so that you can resist it. You liar, get out of here. Liar, liar, pants on fire, go to hell. No, maybe that's not the way to talk. Yes, mom, I'll wash my mouth out with soap when I get home. <laughs> so here, Elijah says, I'm not the cause of the trouble. What does he say here? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you have followed, followed the veil. You're no longer following the commandment of God. The Word of God is not your compass anymore. And you're actually worshiping the Baals. You're worshiping this God of Baal, this Canaanite and Phoenician God of the heavens who control the heavens. You're worshiping Him. The God that they would make Him an image of carrying a lightning bolt because He was the God of the fire of the heavens. He was in charge of the heavens. He had the power of the heavens. So here you got this Baal who carries a lightning bolt who is in charge of the heavens. Remember, the first thing you got to do is you got to confront the authority. So he says, I'm not only confronting you, Ahab, but I'm confronting every influence that's behind you. So there's 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. He says, I, I challenge them. Meet me on Mount Carmel, and let's see who will send the fire from heaven. Let's see who's really in charge of the heavens. Come on, let's have a, let's have a showdown. This is a year of showdowns. This is a year of Holy Ghost showdowns. You're not going to take what you had in 2016 into 2018, because there's going to be a showdown in 2017, and you're going to come out of it victorious. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you know the story, and we don't have time to get into all of that, where, you know, they go and, 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 and they build the altar, and they put the bulls on there, and the prophets of Baal, they cry from morning to noon, and noon to evening, and they're cutting themselves, and they're very dancing around. They're very, they were very passionate worshipers. They were very soulish worshipers of Baal. And let me tell you what, just because you get all worked up in the flesh doesn't mean you're worshiping the right God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You've got to worship the, the Lord in, in truth and in holiness. We've we got to watch who we're worshiping because our flesh, if you don't care, you'll be, you'll be like, well, you know what? My flesh likes this, even though this, the Bible says, is blatantly wrong, but because I, it feels too good to be wrong. You heard the old country song? How can something that feels so good be so bad? Or something like that? Yeah, I used to listen to country music back in the 70s. That was a long time. That was eight-track tapes. But I got saved. And when I got saved, I said, I ain't wasting my ears 
on any vehicle the devil can use to get into my spirit. I'm going to let my ears hear sounds of praise and worship and honor and glorification to God. You can listen to what you want to, but that's a decision I made. But I still remember, how can something that's so good be so bad? Let me tell you what, the devil wants you to get all worked up and get feeling and get emotional and get passionate. Oh my goodness, next thing you know, you're making decisions that violate God's Word, but yet you will, you will condone it and you will, you will, you will stand by uh, and, and bring in, uh, you'll change the Scripture. You will take another Scripture to, out of context to come over there and try to make right your wrong. The bales, that's what they were doing. They were passionate, even to the point of cutting themselves and bleeding out for, the, for, their, for their God. But nothing happened, you remember. And then Elijah has his bull there, and he has, what, 12 barrels of water, which was so precious to them because of a three-and-a-half-year drought. But this is a man of faith. This is the showdown. This is like, I'm putting it all on the line. And he pours it over, and he calls out to God with just a simple prayer, and the God of heaven sent down the fire... Hallelujah, sent down the fire and, and, and took up the uh, offering and took up the water and licked it all up. But that's not the end of it. Then Elijah goes up on the mountain and you remember he gets his servant. He's praying, tells the servant, what do you see? And the servant looks and seven times he comes back and I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, you better tell Ahab to get off of this mountain. There's a rainstorm coming. And then Elijah girded himself up and outran Ahab and his chariot down off of the mountain. And the rain came. The flood had ended. The showdown produced the manifest of the miracles of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. But I like this, and this is what I want to close on this morning, is when Elijah called them to Mount Carmel. That was a place, a high place, that when they didn't have access to the temple, that they had set up an altar. The judges had set up an altar unto God. And it says that he goes and repaired, in verse 30, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. That was important. How do we get the heavens to open? We've got to confront the authority that is, that is standing between us and the blessing of God. Second thing, we've got to repair the altar of the Lord that's been broken down either through neglect or maybe we've even participated in it because we got caught up in the, in the, the emotionalism of some of the lies of Asherah and Baal and false worship. But he repaired the altar of the Lord. Do you know what that word repair in Hebrew, in its original language, it is? Rapha. Rapha. You remember Jehovah Rapha? Our God, our healer. Our God, our healer. It means to literally stitch back together. The surgeon that stitched it back together. So as we close and go into this week and go into this year, I want you to ask God. God is the altar, the place where I meet with you and you with me, the altar in my heart, the altar in my mind, and even the physical altar. Lord, has the altar been broken down? Show me. And Lord God, I know you are Jehovah Rapha, but you want me to use the anointing that is in me to rebuild this, to stitch it back together. The true healing will come from the Lord. And as I build this altar, there will be where the demonstration of the manifest of the miracles of heaven on earth is going to take place first. 
right there at the altar. And then I'm able to go and see the heavens open. So I ask you in closing this morning, how is the altar of the Lord in your life? Is it front and center? Is it in a back room somewhere? Maybe it's been broken down and you don't even kind of know what I'm talking about. You don't even remember what it looks like. I would say today, if you want to go into this year and receive the open heaven fulfillment that God has for you and the vineyard and the maturity and the, and the prosperity and the blessings and the favor and all that God has for you, I challenge you to rebuild the broken down altar. Or go there and see if there's an area of it that you've been neglecting. The place where you meet with God. The relationship that you have with God. How is the altar of your heart today? Is Jesus Christ King of kings and Lord of lords? Is He seated upon your heart and you serve His word and His will and His desire? Or have you broken that down and you do what you want to do until it gets so uncomfortable you want Him to come in and Rapha heal you? You want Him to come in and, and, and put duct tape and patch up so that you can keep going on in the wrong direction. He won't do that. He's not going to do that. He's calling us back to repair the broken altar. To erect it. To let it be seen. To let it be used again. And I would say let it be the altar of your heart. Where you and Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, abide. Brother to brother. Savior, your Lord. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we just stand reverently in your presence here today, God. Lord God, we know, we know that this is an amazing year you have for us. Lord, we are so very excited about this vineyard of our life, vineyard of our ministry, vineyard of our creative order that you have for us. We're so excited about moving into this. Lord God, all of that effort is only going to produce very small at best, a very limited harvest. But you are the God of the great harvest. And you're giving us insight that we need to call out unto you, God, and, 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 and to get the heavens to open up over everything that you've called us to do. So we need to rise up and confront the authorities. Give us boldness today, God. I pray, Holy Ghost, you would fill us. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your boldness. And as Paul prayed, that you would pray for me that I would be bold to speak out. Lord, I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice that they would be bold to speak out to see forth the manifest of your gospel here on earth. And Lord God, I pray that as Elijah went, and he rebuilt the broken down altar that we would look at any broken area in our life any area that's broken in our relationship with you broken in our communication with you broken and Lord God we wouldn't wait for you to do it but right now we would choose that I, I erect I lift up I, I reestablish I stitch together those broken places Lord you never left me I left you Lord I, you never doubted me I doubted you Lord you never spoke against me I spoke against you Lord you never neglected me, I neglected you. Lord, you never turned your back on me. I turned my back on you. But no more. 
I'm stitching it together. I'm rebuilding the altar. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to a house. I'm coming back into your heart. I'm coming back into your side. I'm coming back to you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, 2017, I give you preeminence in my life. You're my King of kings. You're my Lord of lords. You are my bright and morning star. You are my star of day. Lord, you're my everything. You're my everything. I surrender my all to you right now. I rebuild this altar. I stitch it together. I start the stitching process right now. And Lord God, I will be ever mindful to make sure I watch over this and to make sure this healing is complete, that I don't neglect you, that I don't ignore you, that I don't, that don't trust you. Lord, I give you my all. I give you my all. Hallelujah. And as a sign that I'm giving you my all and that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. I lift my hands to you now, Lord God. I lift my hands to you. If, let there be a sign in this house this morning. Every lifted hand before God. That is a sign before the heavens. That is a sign to the angelic host. That is a sign to every opposing authority. That is a sign to the Spirit of the living God. That is a sign to Jesus. That is a sign to Father God. Your lifted hand right now is, God, I'm going forward. I'm erecting the altar. And Lord God, I'm going to be used by you. And I'm going to confront the authority. And Lord, I'm going to get the heavens open over this vineyard. And Lord, we're going to do great and mighty things things for you. Hallelujah. To God be the glory and to God be the honor and to God be the praise for it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.